Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. God wants you to encounter Him today. Well, so far we have had a word encounter, we've had a Jesus encounter, and we've had a prayer encounter. Today in this podcast, we're going to be sharing about having a presence encounter. And as I have been doing, I'm going to take us first to the Bible. And so on having a presence encounter, we're going to look briefly at the life of Moses as recorded in Exodus chapter 33 in verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways. Oh, my goodness. I love this so much. I I call it God has the original WWW, the word, the will, and the ways of God. I pray if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways, that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And then God answers. He gives a reply, and in verse 14 it says, And he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Again, remember that rest is a byproduct of walking in the presence of God. Instead of striving, we can enter into rest by having a presence encounter. Verse 15, then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how, then, can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us, so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? Wow, I just love this so much. Here it starts to talk about, in Moses and God's dialogue, about the distinguishing characteristic That is to be about the people of God. It was not going to be their language that they spoke in. It was not going to be their cultural attributes. It was not going to be their ethnic background. It was not going to be the clothing they wear, how much money they made, the occupation they had. What was to be the distinguishing characteristic that set Moses and his people apart from all the other people in the world. By the way, this is not only an Old Testament principle. This is a prophet of God. In the Old Testament, 
peering into actually like a new covenant revelation that he's pulling that promise of the future into his now, and we can do the same in our generation. So, but what was the question? Moses is saying, God, the dialogue is, what is to be the distinguishing characteristic that sets these, my people, apart from the people of the world? And God responds, and Moses agrees. This outstanding characteristic is my presence with you. How many of you want God with you? How many of you want to walk in the very presence of God? I do. You do. And that's why you're listening to God Encounters today with James Gall. It's because you long to be a person of his presence and have a mark, a distinguishing characteristic that sets you apart, not out of pride, but because it says he is with them. That's why in the New Testament, when it comes to the many different names of the Messiah Jesus, one of them at his birth, it is called, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Now, are you simply walking through religious churchianity, or are you walking in authentic relational Christianity? I come from a church background, people. I've been a part of church from day one up until day to day. And I know what it's like to walk in rituals, but I also know what it's like to walk in relationship. Relationship is the key to walking in the presence. Relationship is the key to having a vibrant life. The presence of God You cannot buy it. You do not earn it. But it is true. We capture his presence by Emmanuel, God with us. So we capture his presence by being with him. It's sort of like a perfume and you put it on, you know, or it's maybe it's like smoke and you get in the smoke and then guess what? That smoke gets all over your clothes. And then you're in another setting, and guess what? You still smell like that smoke. Uh Uh-huh. Why? Because you've been where the fire of God is. You've been near the fire. The smoke of his presence gets upon you. And then, guess what? You become a carrier of his presence. Yes, it's true. The presence of God is a distinguishing characteristic that sets you apart from the world. Now, let me give you an illustration. I've written this up in my new book, Praying with God's Heart, The Power and the Purpose of Prophetic Intercession. I might have told this story in some other settings as well. I remember this one like yesterday. It's a dream encounter where I experience the presence of God. In the dream, I'd been holding several long loaves of bread, each wrapped in its own individual diaper-like napkin. Nestling those loaves of bread close to my heart, I'd gone to find my daughter's, youngest daughter's, light green blankie, which I had wrapped around the loaves and then rocked them back and forth and some more. And I had these loaves of bread 
wrapped in my youngest daughter's little fuzzy teal aqua blanket. And they say, well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, just hold on. Fully awake with my arms, cradling the invisible presence of God, I prophesied those words again and again and again. What words? And here's what I heard myself saying while asleep in the dream. When my people will care for, cherish, and nurture the love of the bread of my presence like a parent does its newborn child, then revival will come. The room was charged with the tangible presence of God. Folks, it was a dream. Did you hear me? It was a dream. Folks, it was a dream. I'm holding long loaves of bread. Each of them wrapped like in a little napkin that seemed like a diaper, like a child. I go and I find my youngest daughter's little blankie that she loved and she carried with her everywhere. And I find it. And then I wrap all of this and I'm holding this over my chest, my arms cradling it all. And then I prophesy, I speak out loud in a dream and I go, and when my people will care for and cherish and nurture the bread of my presence, like a parent does its newborn child, then revival will come. Then guess what happens? I wake up out of that dream, and my arms were extended over my chest, and I continued on rehearsing this line. Though I had just wakened up out of a dream, literally my arms were cradled across my heart. Folks, my arms were cradled across my heart. I remember it now like it was yesterday, though this one happened um, some time ago. And I say the words again, and I said, and when my people will care for, will love, will cherish, and will nurture the bread of my presence as a parent does its newborn child, then revival comes. I've traveled the world to over 50 nations. I'm often asked, when will revival come? I have seen different moves of the Spirit. I've been a part of so many different wonderful things. I believe that I'm seeing a new move of God being birthed in this very hour. And people ask me the question. They say, well, when will it come? How long do we have to wait? What are the keys? And I want to say to you, what was spoken to me in that dream, because this is about a presence encounter. When you, as though you were a parent with a newborn child, up in the middle of the night with the night feedings, and you got sleep deprivation, and you're going to feed this creation of yours, and you love this child, you sacrificed for this child. You weep over this child. You laugh with this child. You see things in this child's face that no one else sees. And when you, like a parent of a newborn child, will love, care for, nurture, and cherish the bread of his presence, then revival will come. Well, I gave you a scripture And I've given you a dream. And I believe that when we bring the Word and the Spirit together, 
we will grow in the things of God. This is James Gall, and I just love opening up the Word of God, and I love bringing treasures out of my treasure chest, that's my heart, and give them to you. Hey, let's look at a little bit of questions that have come in through social media, and here's one of them. It relates to today's broadcast on having a presence encounter. Do you have any keys to being a carrier of his presence? Actually, I think they've already maybe given you some there in the very beginning because I talked about Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the primary person that we need to be in pursuit of is the person of God himself. It's Jesus. And so I want you to have a shift in your mindset that Jesus is your best friend. When you have a best friend, you know what? You can sit with them and you don't even have to say a thing because you know each other so well that it's almost like, no, hey, wait a second. I'm going to say a phrase. Don't, don't like trip up over it. You can read each other's minds. You know each other's thoughts. You know the intent of the heart. And then you can start to speak and you can almost like say the same thing at the same time. Best friends are somebody you can share secrets with because... The Bible says in the book of Amos that God shares his secrets with his servants, the prophets. Well, you can be the friend of God. Do you realize that in the book of Genesis, in talking about a prophet, that Abraham is called a prophet? He's the first one in the Bible mentioned as a prophet, but he's called the friend of God. So, what's some of the characteristics or keys to being a carrier of his presence? I want to really say being a friend of God. Spend time with him. Talk to him. Have an appointment with your friend. Have tea with your friend. Open up the Bible and just converse. You might use the book of common prayer. I'm not against that. I have at times. You might use a devotional guide. Use some of mine. (laughs) But the main thing is have a relational communication where I walk with him and I talk with him, and you share your heart with him every day, and you push pause because if it's a friendship, it's not talking at someone, it's talking with someone, and it is a two-way communication, and you learn to worship, you learn to share, you learn to listen. And then you learn to act. Okay, well, that's one of the keys to being a carrier of his presence. Another edgy question that has come in is this. Is it wrong to be mad at God? You say, well, how come you're throwing that one in on being like having a presence encounter? Because I want you to understand that Moses got mad at God. (sighs) Wait a second, what? Moses? Yeah, you know, the Bible is one of the most transparent, amazing books that you can ever read. I'll push a little bit of pause button on there. I would like to talk about some of the illustrations, you know, that the Bible exposes the weakness of man. But God knows our weakness. Hey, did you hear me? God knows our weakness. And so, can is it okay to get mad at God? How about this one? It's okay to get mad, but don't stay mad. In the book of Ephesians, it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. It doesn't say that you can't get angry. What it says is, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So we each 
being frail human beings and being emotions being a part of our makeup of who we are. God knows that. God understands that. By the way, God also has emotions. And Moses got ticked off at one point in time. We've got to be careful when we do get mad and when we get sad because God wants to bring us to the place where we become glad. But is it okay? Is it wrong? to be mad at God. Folks, I've gone through so much stuff in life. I have so many questions, but there are times I just have to let it go. I have to let it go. Cast your anxieties upon me, for I care for you. Is it okay? Yes, it's human. But is it okay to stay mad? No, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't strike the rock like Moses did out of a reaction to anger, but rather let it go. Cast it onto the Lord. It's a relationship. It's a loving father. So take it, process it, And then, listen to this illustration. It's like a yo-yo. It's sort of like, this is the way forgiveness works. Because when you're mad at the root of it, you're going to have to eventually forgive something. Forgive yourself. Forgive God. Forgive your spouse. Forgive your boss. Whoever it is. And because that forgiveness is the key to getting out of mad and sad to become glad. So, it's like a yo-yo. You go, what? Yeah, uh, just listen. Stay with me for a moment. It's like a yo-yo. You throw it out, but there's a string, and it's attached to your finger, to your hand. And it comes back. And then you throw it out again, and then it comes back. That's why the disciples went to Jesus, and they said, how many times do we have to forgive our brother anyway? By the way, they didn't say our enemy. How many times do we have to forgive our brother? Seven times? That's what they were hoping because they were keeping a list seven times. Dude, I've already done that. I don't want to do this anymore. But what Jesus responded, he said, oh, seven times 70. Well, maybe people had a list of 490 times. And when it was 490, then it was quit. I've already been there, done that. Listen, here's what it is. Jesus is talking in a parabolic language, and he's saying seven is the number of completeness. And so it's like the yo-yo. You're going to throw it out. It's going to come back. You're going to throw it out. It's going to come back. You're going to throw it out, cast it upon the Lord, and it's going to come back. And then there will be a day that you throw that to God, and the string breaks, and it never comes back again. That's what we have to do with anger, being mad, being sad, being disappointed to become I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. So I want to encourage you to not quit. I want to encourage you to believe in God's great mercy. I want you to be a presence carrier, and I want you to have such a real relationship that you are safe and secure with God as Father, even when you're mad. Now, is it 
the criteria that's needed to be a carrier? Well, it's a part of the relational dynamic to enter in so you can remove the hindrances so you can become a carrier of his presence. Well, I hope that these couple of questions on some keys to being a carrier of his presence and what do you do? Is it wrong to be mad at God? And I hope that these, and there are several others that we could look at, but I hope that these couple of questions are helpful keys for you so that you can have a presence encounter. This is James Gall. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.